Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to start um, with a joke. <laughs> Have you heard the one about the two goldfish swimming in the goldfish bowl? And the one goldfish says to the other, don't cry, you'll make it overflow. <laughs> it's the way I tell them. It's the way I tell them. It really is. And I want to talk, <laughs> I want to talk this morning about it's the way we tell it. It's the way we tell it. Have you heard the news? Jeremy Corbyn was re-elected as... Have you heard the news? Jeremy Corbyn was re-elected as leader of the Labour Party a week, eight days ago. Yay! See, some of you are happy about that. <laughs> Have you heard the news? Jeremy Corbyn was re-elected as Labour leader eight days ago. It's the way I tell it. It's the way I tell it. Some news might be... Have you? Well, this isn't a joke. You might think it's a joke after the last two results, losing 6-3 and 6-2. But King's Church, we have a football team. King's Church football team, yesterday, get ready and stand up, Femi, because we're going to give you a round of applause, a special round of applause. Come to the front, Femi. Um, King's Church football team, yesterday, won 5-1. Twelve goals the last two games. He only let him one. And Femi actually scored two. So give him another round of applause. Elvis, stand up. Your job is safe for another week. He is the manager. You see, there's sometimes you've got good news to tell. Now, if I went to the losing church and said, Have you heard the news? King's Church football team won 5-1. <gasps> It wouldn't go down well. It would go down as badly as my bad joke did. Because I wasn't excited giving you that bad joke. I knew it was a bad joke. I knew you wouldn't laugh, and I knew it was not great news. But there's something when you go with news that you believe is good news, it's the way you tell it that can win people over. It's the way you tell it. Um, and I want to ask you, is, I want to challenge you this morning. Is there any news at all that you can think of that is news that you can share with absolutely anyone at all on the planet? Because for everybody, it's good news. That they would be absolutely daft, mad, crazy not to get that this is actually good news that you are sharing with them. Um, you see, I want to tell you that there is some news that is good news for every single person in this room, every single person where you will be at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, I can tell you that you've got some really good news to share. And those of us here that have understood the gospel, which just means good news, those of us that have understood the gospel realize this is absolutely wonderful that God 
our creator is for us. He's not against us. And he proved it in sending God the Father, in sending God the Son to become just like us, human, and live a a life that was totally holy and without sin, die on a cross and take the punishment from God that we deserved because of our sin so that when we confess him as Lord of our lives and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, that God, the person of God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside of us and there are empowered human beings on this planet called into partnership with Almighty God to see heaven come to earth and to see this earth restored to what God's original intention was for it. I think that's quite good news. I think it's really good news. It's good news for everyone. And I want to stir us up this morning to be those who are carriers of good news. That we are not ashamed of the good news that we carry. That wherever we go, we realize, you know what? This isn't good news for just a select few. This is good news for everyone. In fact, Peter writes, when Pete, when when people are beginning to, to doubt really that God is, 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 Jesus is coming again. He said, do you know the reason, he says in 2 Peter 1 verse 9, he said, do you know the reason why it seems to be a long time that Jesus is, 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 is delaying in coming back? It's because he's creating space. He's creating opportunity. He's creating time for everyone to hear this news because God is not willing, it says in the older versions, he's not willing that any should perish. God is not willing that your next door neighbor should perish. That is go to an eternity without knowing the love of God. That is to live day after day in this life without knowing the love of God that we've heard about through prophetic word is so wonderful that they should step into the light. It really is wonderful news. The first time this good news was proclaimed in all its fullness. There were 120, it was 50 days after Jesus had risen from the dead. There were 120 people in an upper room uh, in Jerusalem. And they were there. And what happened while they were there? There were believers and there was, they'd been told they shouldn't go and spread the good news or anything like that until there'd been, uh, something had happened. And on that day... You can read about it in Acts chapter 2 in your New Testament. Something wonderful happened. There was the sound of a mighty rushing wind, the Bible says. Tongues of fire came and rested on their heads. And the Holy Spirit came in all fullness. And these people were filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. There was an overflow. And these people were just so filled with the Holy Spirit that they began and they were empowered and enabled to speak in languages that they hadn't got GCSEs in or A-levels in or degrees in. They just began to speak in languages. Everybody looked at them and thought, what's going on? They looked like drunk men and people began to say, look at them, it's only three o'clock in the afternoon and these people look as though they're drunk. And a big crowd gathered, not saying falling on their knees, saying surely God's amongst you. A big crowd gathered with people laughing and mocking. Surely the good news isn't for people who laugh and mock at us, is it? Peter, the leader of the 120, stood up and he began to explain to them what you're seeing is actually what uh, the prophet Joel said would happen around about seven to nine hundred years earlier. He said this would happen, that the Spirit of God would be poured out on all flesh and your sons and daughters, men and women, equality in this, that your sons and daughters would prophesy that you're young and old, no age separation, it doesn't matter what age you are, that they'd have dreams and visions. 
And, and, and people began to hear him explain this good news in all its fullness. All what I've said to you about Jesus coming, dying, rising from the dead. And that we could live in life with him. And then he said something amazing in Acts 2 verse 39. He said, this promise, this good news is for you, for your children and for everyone who is far off. This is good news for everyone. Everyone deserves to hear this good news. God's not willing that any should perish. This good news, Peter said, is for everyone. This is fantastic. Do you understand? You have amazing news to give to your friends. You have amazing news to those people in your hall of residence that you've just moved into in university. You've got amazing news for your next door neighbours who you might have lived like Philippa and I have for over 20 years with the same neighbours. We've got amazing news to give them. There isn't anybody that you can turn around and say to, they don't deserve to hear the good news. Even on that day of Pentecost, the people who mocked and laughed, Peter said, it's for you. It's for everyone. We can't turn around and say, God's not wanting to become uh, them to hear. He, you know, there was one man in the New Testament who's originally, his name was Saul, and he'd been trained by Gamaliel. He'd be, he was a real expert in the law of the old covenant and everything like this. And he saw what was happening, and he saw these Christians, Jewish people, sort of abandoning, in his eyes, abandoning the, the Jewish religion and becoming Christians. And he began to persecute the early churches. And you know the story, most of you, what happened. He was on the way to Damascus, and he suddenly encountered Jesus, and he got the message. He understood. The penny dropped. He understood this is actually amazing wonderful news and he changed and was transformed a conversion miraculous conversion experience on realizing the good news was for him who who didn't deserve it in his eyes he felt he deserved it less than anybody else he realized actually because I've received this good news it's good news for everybody else is there anybody here who thinks you deserve to be somebody who Jesus loves, someone who Jesus died for. There isn't a single one amongst us. We know we don't deserve Jesus to come and take our place because we have been rebellious. We have been sinful. But he, in his great love, even as, as Dave and Richard and, uh, and, and, and Joseph and, 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 and others prophesied this morning, there's something wonderful about this stepping into the love and light of God, but we never deserved it. That's why we call it the grace of God. It's the grace of God, undeserved love of God. And we carry, we carry wonderful good news. And Saul became Paul and he was so, so excited about the good news that he carried. He went all over the known world spreading the good news. And one of the places he went to was a place called Thessaloniki. And here's a present picture of it. Thessaloniki now is the second city of Greece. And back then it was the second city as well. A big port. And it's a bit like Greater Manchester. Because Thessaloniki had uh, a massive population looking at you know, all sorts of nationalities here this morning. And Thessaloniki was like that. It was a port. It was a crossroads. And it was interesting because it was in the province of Macedonia, the same province that Philippi was in. And like Philippa, Philippi, eight years, <laughs> eight years, Philippa's my wife, for those who don't know. She's always on my mind. Uh, it shows how much I love her, doesn't it, really? Um, but in Philippi, 
Uh, and Thessaloniki, just like Philippi, um, <laughs> this is going to get trouble from now. It, 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 what had happened was eight years, in AD 42, eight years before Paul ever went there to spread the good news, it, it had been granted special status as a free city in the Roman Empire because the citizens were so loyal to Rome. And at that time, to be loyal to Rome meant you had to declare that Caesar was Lord. Paul comes into Thessaloniki, having left Philippi, where there'd been a, all sorts of things going on. He'd been, uh, Lydia had, 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 had sort of led him to people and, and come to the Lord, and he'd been with Silas, being put in prison. They'd been singing songs at midnight. The, there was an earthquake. They were set free from the prison. The guard, the guard gave his life to the Lord. But here he was in Thessaloniki, and he arrives there, and he begins. What does he do, first of all? What's the first thing that Paul does? He gets a job. We thought he was a missionary. No, he got a job. He got a job tent making. He got a job where he had to interact with ordinary people day by day. He got a job where he had to buy leather. He had to buy stitching. He had to do business deals. He had to interact with people. And as someone who, when everybody else was relaxing and drinking and eating in the evening, he'd start preparing to talk to people about the good news of the gospel. This is amazing. And what he did is he worked really hard. We know that. He says he did. <laughs> and he didn't receive any financial help from anybody while he was there. He worked really hard and supported himself. And he went on three Saturdays running to the synagogue and began to argue with the Jews about the good news. Because they were getting really worried about what they'd heard had happened in Philippi. They were getting really worried about the news that he was bringing because he was saying to them, actually, guys, if you want to accept this good news and get the benefits of this good news, you can't keep on playing, playing loyal to, to Claudius was the emperor. You can't say Claudius is Lord. You can't say the emperor is Lord. You have to say Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Threatening. Threatening to the status quo. Really dangerous stuff. You in a Roman Empire to start saying, Caesar isn't Lord, Jesus is Lord. Dangerous. You were challenging the status quo. You were going against the grain. You were coming in an opposite spirit to the way the world around you was thinking. It's no different in Manchester today. It's no different in Manchester today. Students here for the first time. How good it is that you're here. I want to say to you in Freshers Week, in all the temptations that you face at university that perhaps you didn't face to the same way being at home, I want to say to you, when you confess Jesus as Lord and you live with Jesus as Lord, you live in an opposite spirit to those around you who haven't yet confessed him as Lord. And you challenge the status quo. But it's not just students. Those of you who've been working in the same office year after year and you hear somebody gossiping, you hear somebody talking behind their back about someone else and you begin to talk differently and you begin because Jesus is Lord, you're different. You go against the grain. And even where people are nice and you say, well, everybody's really good in my workplace, but you begin to show them that there's something, there's another dimension. I can actually pray for healing for that. I can see things change. You begin to do something. And Paul, it wasn't just on the three Saturdays. This is what I want us to understand. It wasn't just on the three Saturdays. It was in his day-to-day -day living that because he proclaimed a message, the good news of the gospel, his life would be under special scrutiny. 
that people would be watching him, watching how he lived. But he was not ashamed of the gospel. He was not ashamed of the good news. And he carried on talking to people about the good news. And he wrote two letters. He stayed there for some while. But what happened is people began to give their lives. There were leading women in the city of, of, of Thessaloniki. There, and it's a bit like Philippi. It was unusual in the Roman Greek world of the time. Some of the leaders, some of the most influential people back in that time were women, not men. And we read in, in, in Acts 17 how not a small number of the leading women became Christians. And suddenly, and some of the nobles became Christians in that city as well. Suddenly things began to shift in the atmosphere. There was change coming into this city. This wasn't about having a prayer meeting or a nice Bible study once a week. Things were changing in Thessaloniki. The whole atmosphere was changing in the workplace. Those who came into interaction with, with, with Paul were, were giving their lives to the Lord. And, and maybe there were leather traders or, or people selling the stitching who, who became Christians. And people began to realize this is good news I've got to share it with others some of the Jews who'd had to flee that had to flee Rome earlier on eight years before because, because um, the, the emperor had expelled all the Jews from Rome because he got fed up with them arguing about Jesus some of them had gone to Thessaloniki and thought we found somewhere safe there's no gospel here there's no good news being shared here we've found somewhere safe when they began to see that actually now the gospel has come here as well they got really concerned and they said, we've got to stop this guy, Paul. We've got to stop these people. And they went to the house where Paul and Silas were staying. And they went to that house and they got the landlord of the house out. His name was Jason. They, you can read about it in Acts 17. And they took Jason out the house. They wanted to get Paul, but he wasn't there. They took Jason and they dragged him in front of the town council. And they said to the councillors, look at this man. We want to tell you that, and they began to tell them what had happened in Acts 17 verse 6. He said, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Do you understand? What have they done? We actually don't read in Thessaloniki, we actually don't read of any healing miracles. We don't read of any supernaturals. We just read about the good news coming. These men who've turned the world upside down have come here too. They released Jason on bail. And uh, Paul, the, the believers got hold of Paul and said, you've got to go. It's getting too dangerous for you now. Under cover of darkness, they got them out and they went on their way to Berea, next place. But Paul, once he was away from them, he loved these people. He writes, even as a father loved his children, he loved these believers. We don't know exactly how long. We know it was at least three Saturdays, but probably much longer. But, but, but he wrote to the Thessalonians. And you've got two New Testament letters written to the Thessalonians. And let's just read what he wrote to them at the start. The first letter, 1 Thessalonians, he's probably writing from Corinth, but 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 2. Paul writes this, he says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he's chosen you because our gospel came to you our good news, our gospel came to you. This is a bit I've got underlined in my notes. Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power 
and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Uh, so this is an unusual letter, but he talks about his gospel, his good news coming to them with power. There is power in the news that we bring. The news itself has a life of its own once it sorts, once it comes out of our mouths. It's got an energy, it has a power of its own that if we can overcome any reservations that we have, we can see it, it's at work. There's good news, uh, there's power in the good news. I've just got some news headlines here. And uh, the first one, can we put the first head, headline up? Thanks, Mike. VE Day. Um, now, if you can imagine, this is just the power of good news. Can you imagine how it must have felt if you were alive at that time and you suddenly hear it's all over? World War II has come to an end. We have one person who was there. John, tell us, just tell us one sentence how you felt. Well, I remember the street parties, the happiness that was uh, to the whole country. It was just a magnificent time for it to happen. The bombs had stopped. The parties in the streets were magnificent. The bands were out. People were singing. People were dancing. It was just a magnificent time. Amen. And you remember some of it too, Norman, don't you? And Joan and Joseph. And we won't point out anyone else who might have remembered it. Otherwise it could get... <laughs> but, yeah, power in the news. News, parties, joy, dancing. Next headline. Dr. Luther King is shot dead. I want to say how many... How many um, of our brothers and sisters here, uh, you know, what it must have been like, especially for black Americans at that time. How that must have felt. Uh, Doc, Dr. Luther King is shot dead. News suddenly bringing out an emotional reaction. Here's another one. Uh, Mandela goes free today. Where's Charmaine? Charmaine, come quickly. Charmaine was in South Africa at the time. Nelson Mandela was set free. Tell us, Charmaine, just one sentence, maybe with one semicolon in. How... <laughs> How you felt? Um, I just felt so hopeful for my country. I felt such joy and I was just overwhelmed like there's a future. Okay, thanks. She did really well. I didn't expect her to do that well, but she did really well. Okay, next, next one. You know, Obama, racial... How, have we got any Kenyans in the, in the room? Um, but, but here was someone originally from... You know, family roots went back to Kenya, suddenly becoming the, you know, a black president. Come on, that affected all, everyone here who's black, didn't it? It suddenly showed you actually a black person can have a... Then another one, just the last one. Princess Diana is dead. You know, how tragic was that for royal... Fo I won't ask them to talk. But, but no, 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 I remember Philippa just feeling so sad and grieved. But news comes... Okay, back to overflow, Mike. News comes... My point is, news comes and it has... There's power in the news. It can do something. Do we understand that as gigantic as, you know, earth-changing, seismic headlines those were, that there is greater news that we carry than any of that? Do you understand that? The news that you know is excellent news. Um, good news works. Good news for everyone turns whole cities upside down. There is power in the news that you give. These men have come here. They've turned the world upside down and never come here. When do you give the good news? I want to say to you, 
when you do it because you feel you've got to stand on Market Street with a leaflet, little barrier with a little booklet, or you feel you've got to stand outside Piccadilly Station giving out a booklet because you want to be in one of the 144,000, you do it because actually your church is telling you you must give out these leaflets, you must. If it's done out of duty, I don't believe the good news is coming with, God, with power and conviction. That word conviction, uh, with, with full, um, full of conviction, in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, I'm told by people who know better than me, the Greek word is pleophoria, and it can be translated overflow. That the gospel came with power, with, with, with the Holy Spirit, and with overflow. Uh, Sumbo asked us all, just to forget your worries, forget your cares at the moment. Let's just concentrate on Jesus. Why do we do that? Why do we worship every Sunday? We worship every Sunday because we want to be equipped to be people who are carriers of the good news. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And when we worship, it, we will not be spreaders of the good news if we have no overflow. But when we are so full of the Holy Spirit, as we were exhorted to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, when we're so full of a, a excitement and joy about our relationship with Jesus, it's natural for you to share good news. When you're in love with someone, you start telling people about the person you love. I just told you how much I love Philippa. 29 years and I still love her. I love my family. You spend any time with me and I will start talking. Within five minutes, I'll start talking about my family. That's true, Roger. <laughs> and he spends more than five minutes with me. But, but, but you, it, it starts to happen. Why? Because I'm, I'm full. I'm full of something. Do we understand, if we're going to be those like those in Thessalonica that begin, and in Philippi that turn the world upside down, we need to be full of the good news. I want you to imagine yourself, just picture where you work. Picture your neighbours, picture that student hall, picture that, that lecture room. But picture yourself, you know, maybe going to the school gates, maybe meeting other mums if you're, uh, you know, working at home at the moment or whatever. But just picture yourself meeting your friends, and things, but just full so full of a relationship, so full of life because you're enjoying a, a, a beautiful relationship with Jesus that you, it just begins to... The good news comes from overflow, not from orders, not from conviction. It, it's not from duty. You know, when you begin to get it, you know, Paul knew that there was power in this message. And, you, you know, I've just bought a, a DVD, a, 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 a box set, the night manager. Why have I done it? It's £13. I've not watched it yet. I've had it for two weeks. Why? Because somebody told me, Dave, you need to watch The Night Manager. It's a great series. It's a John Le based on a John Le Carre thing. You like that sort of thing. You'll love it, Dave. You need to get it. <gasps> I went and bought it. <laughs> because somebody was excited about it. Somebody was overflowing. They didn't come and say, here's a leaflet about The Night Manager. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought it. I wouldn't have bought it. But they came because they had seen it and they were excited about it. How about we're a people who show and tell? That we experience something that we really do. We don't play at church. Hey, come on, we've got better things to do. Uh, I don't want to play at church. I want to be so full of a relationship with Jesus that this is real, it's genuine, and when I'm with others, I'm totally convinced that there's power in the message that I bring. And Paul, you know, of course, it's a crazy message. It's a daft message. Paul must have realised that. He's going into places and talking about this crazy message about a man who happens to be God, who becomes human, who lives and dies, and then rises from the dead. What's all that about? Paul knew it sounded crazy. 
He talked about the foolishness of the cross. He knew it, but he knew, actually, this isn't just any old news. This is good news. That's the gospel. That there's power in this news. Rian, come and just tell us something about what you've been doing in your workplace. And George, if you could get ready. just. Um, just I'm a secondary school teacher, and part of my job is to mentor trainees and NQTs who are new teachers. And this week I was chatting with um, one of the new teachers, and he just pretty much broke down with me um, and some really not very nice stuff going on at home. Um, so all the way through this conversation, all I was thinking is, um, all God was saying to me, you got to pray for him, you got to pray for him. I'm like, I know I've got to pray for him. So all the way back and forth, back and forth, and it came to the end, and I just said... I did all, all the stuff I'm supposed to do professionally. And then I said to him, do you know what? Um, this might sound a bit crazy, similar to the kind of thing Dave was just saying, but I'm a Christian, um, a proper Christian, a real Christian who believes Jesus helps and can change situations for you. Um, is it okay if I pray for you? And he said to me, do you know what? I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but yes. Um, so I had opportunity to pray for him. And, and I believe that, you know, God is going to really, is on his case. Amen. George. So that was in the school. Where's your school, room? North Manchester. Wow, there you are. Happening in North Manchester. Good news. Yes, I know today seems we've had a lot of uh, news about uh, God being light. And I believe that uh, in our work situations, God can bring light. And I work as a social worker, and I was involved with a particularly difficult uh, parent uh, who, on top of that, uh, was a Muslim. And she was used to making allegations. So I got someone to observe my meeting. And in the mid middle of the meeting, I did hear God say, tell her you're a Christian. And then that was probably at the risk of my job. But as I did witness to her that I'm not just a social worker, but I am a Christian. And I believe that God has asked me to do this. It changed the meeting. And everything changed. And even now, our relationship has changed so much. Amen. Fantastic. Social worker. Meeting. Where was that meeting, George? Where was that meeting at? In Shorten. Meeting in Shorten. Something begins to happen. Yeah? You don't have to go. I know Joan and Joseph. I won't get them. But I know Joan and Joseph keep cards ready just to invite people to King's Church. Just cards presenting the gospel by the door for visitors who come. And they're retired now and have been for a number of years. But they do that. They do that. How about, how about, you know, we just start to enjoy our relationship. How about Timothy and Janice and, and Rachel, she goes back to Uganda, and Timothy and Janice as they go back to Singapore. We, we begin to see things happen. Just great to meet uh, people from the message, just coming to serve on the message this year. Again, you know, a new intake of the message. But how about people, you know, it's wonderful when we go into a place and we go and do things for the sake of the gospel. I went to Congo and lived in Congo for 10 years. Philippa did the same. And there's something about, oh yes, it's my call. This is where I belong. I'm here to be a sharer of the good news. But how about we all understand wherever we are, that every single one of us is a full-time Christian worker, just as Paul was in Thessalonica. How about we all understand that in the student hall, in the lecture room, in, in the school, in the, in the, in the office, in the, in the shopping center, wherever it is we're found, that we are there sent by God. 
that we're all missionaries, that there isn't a single one of us that looks and says it's the guys at the front who do it. Not at all. We're the least qualified, those of us who are full-time working in the church. It's, we're all to share the good news. Every one of us is power in the news. So I want to challenge us is in our walk with God, let's develop our relationship with Jesus. Let's be closer to him. I want to challenge, you know, with King's Church, we have this strap line, loved lovers, loving others. We're loved by God. That's our identity. We're lovers of God. That's our worshipful uh, response to his love. And, and we're loving others. That's our mission. You know, it's the right order. You have to know your identity. I'm loved by God. You have to worship him. I'm a lover of God. And when you have that relationship, receiving his love and giving his love, that's when you'll be someone who loves others. Do we, I'm challenging myself here, do we love our neighbors enough to share the good news with them? Because it is good news. Do we really believe it's good news or do we actually start thinking in the back of my mind, it could be bad news for them? No, it's good news. For everyone. God is not willing that any should perish. Christ came to save everyone. His blood is sufficient to save every single person in this world. We've got good news. It might sound crazy. It might sound daft. Your throat might go dry when you first start talking to others. But how about we begin to talk out because we've got such a beautiful relationship with the Lord that we're overflowing. We're going to sing a song. I don't know if we can sing this song. This is, is, if he, well, yeah. Can we sing for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me? Can we do that? Yeah, I, I, I meant to speak to you before. Uh, <coughs> we, we, enough of us know it. Just hit the note and we'll, we'll play it. Um, so, but the words to this song are fantastic because it's all about loving others. It's about, I'm laying down my life. I'm giving up control. It's about having a fire of God burning in us so bright that no matter how strongly that fire's burnt before, we're saying, Lord, we're finishing this morning saying we want that fire to burn so brightly in us that we're going to be those who just overflow. Water, rivers of living water or fires, whichever metaphor you want to use. But there's something happening within us that's just causing the light of God. I've got, by the way, I've got another bit of good news that wasn't announced this morning. Students, don't forget afterwards to go to the student table at the back. And there is a meal downstairs for the students. All students, there's a meal for you downstairs after the meeting. Good news. Good news. Not good news if you're not... See, that isn't good news for everyone, but it's good news for students. The good news we have is good news for everyone. Can we sing the song? Can we sing the song? For the sake of the world. Um, we just want to be in that place of overflow. This passion in my heart. If you haven't got a passion in your heart, you won't share the good news. But how about we stir ourselves up and say, come on, this passion in my heart. Uh, this, this stirring in my soul to see the nations bow for all the world to know I'm living for your glory here on earth. Lord, we just pray right now. Can we just stand and can we just raise our hands to, 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 to heaven? And I just want to pray something on, over every one of us now. So if you're not used to raising your hands, just, just do it. Um, and something happens. It's, not, it's, it's, not, it's actually biblical, guys. It's not just a trendy thing to do. Lord, you just pray right now. Let heaven come to earth and let a passion, let the passion, the love of God, the passion that you have, Father God, for, for the people we're going to meet this week. 
who at the moment are lost and are in need of good news. We pray, let this passion come into us today. Stir us up, Lord, for for the unbelievers that we are going to meet. We say, Lord, we've got excellent news for them. We pray, cause us to be not just carriers of good news, but agents of transformation. We pray, Lord, we pray blessing over this Alpha course. We pray for invitations to be given. Come, Holy Spirit, tell us who we can invite. But more than that, Lord, we pray, cause us to be carriers of the good news ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.